0: I love hearing that. Yeah, I love hearing amens too. And Amen. okay, Preach it, brother. Well, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> what was that? Lord, Lord help him. <laughs> if you want to know what that's about, come see me. I'll. E.B. Charles. E.H. Charles. H.B. Charles. Charles, yeah. Excellent preacher. Uh, we're going to be uh, in Exodus this morning. Exodus chapter 16. Exodus is, should be easy to find. It's right after Genesis, second book in the Bible. And We're going to read verses 1 through 30. You, you've heard the term manna from heaven, right? Well, this is the text from which that term is derived. It's a story of God's provision for his people. So I'll read the text and then pray for the preaching of God's word. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this because this is distracting me. <laughs> I'm easily distracted. Okay, where was he? Where was I? I'm going to read God's word. All right. Exodus chapter 16. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled. Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, Because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against Him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for He has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold... The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing. Finest frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it. Each of you, as much as he can eat, for shall each you shall each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so; they gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to keep till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink. And there were no worms in it. Moses said, said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath of the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore, in the sixth day, He gives you bread for two days. Let no one go out of His place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Father God, as you have provided, as we just read, for the people of Israel, we ask you now to provide for us the meaning, not only of this text that you would have for us, but the meaning that you would have for us in, in the everyday life, even today's life, Father. Show us what you want to see from this text, allow it to penetrate our hearts and and in our soul, be convicted if there's conviction necessary. And let us rejoice in things that there are to rejoice about, Father. And I personally ask, Lord, that you would help me to, to be clear and concise and, and not a hindrance for those who, uh, who wish to understand and, and hear your word, Father. So I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The message for my title this morning, the message for my title, the title for my message this morning is God provides. God provides. There's there's no doubt that God provided for the people of Israel in this account. We'll, We'll take a closer look at it this morning. But he also still provides today, he's providing us for each and every day. Sometimes we are full aware of his provision. Sometimes we shout for joy. We herald the trumpets and say, look, look look! how God, how good God is. Other times we fail to notice, but his provision is still there. When it's unmistakable, we shout, look what God has done. When when it's not so noticeable, or when his provision is not where, what we were expecting or what we would prefer to have, then there's not much fanfare. In fact, we may, we may even say, God is nowhere to be found. But in fact, he has provided. We're just not seeing where. Before the winter of, of 2001, I was doing quite well in my job. I was making a six-figure salary I uh, was working from home. It, was very, it wasn't stressful at all. Uh, I got to be at home while I worked, and I, I did a lot of travel. That was stressful, but, but it was, it was, I was doing well. However, I didn't herald God's goodness during that time, His provision. In fact, I was more likely to take credit for, for my own good fortune because of how good I was at my job. Layoffs came for many after 9-11, And in October of 2001, I was one of them. I'd never been laid off before, and so it was quite a shock. By January of the following year, I still hadn't landed a full-time job, and I was beginning to pull unemployment. Things were beginning to become desperate for, for me and my family. We weren't starving or going hungry, but it certainly wasn't easy. Life changed dramatically for us. It, it had to. Even at one point, my daughters pulled money out of their savings to help us make ends meet. That's how dramatic it was for us. That was hard. That was very hard for me. I eventually found part-time work, and at one point, I worked three jobs. I did some work as a web designer, a computer guy. I got my real estate license, and I tried to sell houses. In fact, I sold a few, even some of you here in in this room. Um, I was a part-time teller at a bank. There was a lot of money there. But honestly, no temptation whatsoever. (laughs) Looking back now at at the underemployment and the unemployment, um, because it lasted for years, somehow we were still provided for. God continued to meet our needs. We didn't go hungry. We weren't we weren't lost in the wilderness, and we kept working. We kept gathering all that we could. God provided, and we gathered until he brought us or brought me full-time employment, which I have even today, That's that same job. Praise God. Now, those lean times weren't a punishment for my lack of acknowledgement during the good times, but instead, they were a time of teaching, a time of learning on my part of how God continues to provide. Not just in the good times, but even in the rough times. This morning we're going to look at how He provided for the people of Israel back then and how He provides for us today. So let's work towards that understanding this morning, beginning with point number one God provides. So the people complained, and God provided. They set out from Elam and arrived in the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And not even, not even two months had gone by after leaving Egypt. They start complaining. Rather than showing gratefulness for being rescued from a, from a terrible, oppressed life, they start complaining of their current situation. And and they said this to Moses and Aaron, and they say this rather sarcastically in verse 3. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Is that not sarcastic? So some of the people complained to God, and he provided. But how did he provide? Well, he provided meat and bread. The meat was in the form of quail, which came at night, and the bread was in the form of a white flaky substance that they called manna. Verse 13 says, In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, finest frost on the ground. And they didn't know what it was. They said to each other, "Uh, what is this? And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Each day they were to go out and collect this bread for their family. Okay, Each day they are to gather as much uh, as they can eat. They're to take an omer, which is about three pounds of dry measure uh, for each person in their tent or in their, their family, right? Now, obviously, some couldn't collect, like the children or the elderly or the sick, but, but those that could collect were, were instructed to gather, right? Now, this says something about God's provision, uh, His, His sovereign care for us and our responsibility in that care. While He's providing for us, we are to do our part and work. Are there times where He just blesses us without us doing anything at all? Yes, yeah, there are. But that's not how God normally works. He doesn't want for us to get complacent and just lay around all day waiting for Him to be or to give us our sustenance. We work and God blesses that work. That is, if you're able, if you're able to work. I am fully aware that there are those who have chronic illnesses uh, and cannot work. Even, Even though they desire to work, they cannot. God cares for them through others, just like in our text this morning. My encouragement to you is contribute when you can and pray when you can't. Pray for those who serve. Pray for yourself that you would would be healed or recover from the reasons that you can't uh, gather or can't work. God hears your prayers. Now for five days they gather and on the sixth day they gather double of what they are used to gathering for each of the first five days. That's because on the seventh day there was no gathering. Now, it says that some gathered more and some gathered less. What this means is that some had more to gather. Someone who had it to gather for a family of five, for example, or, or for someone who was unable to gather, certainly, certainly they would need to gather more than the one who only gathered for himself. What it, what it doesn't mean is that someone hoarded in their gathering, And we know this because in verse 18, it says that those who gathered much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. What is key to understand here is that everybody that could gather, gathered. Some gathered more, some gathered less. But all were instructed to gather. And none had any left over. None had any lack. Again, God's perfect and sovereign provision. But even in his sovereign provision, people rebelled. Verse 19, And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it left over, or uh, leave it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So, so Moses was saying, okay, look, you're going to have to trust God on this. He's providing for us, and his provision is sufficient. There's no need to stockpile what you're gathering. There's no need to to ration what you've collected, because God has said He's going to, bri- going to provide for us daily. He told us when to gather, how much to gather, and what, when, when not to gather. So he's, he's given us instruction on all of this. He's, he's given them specific instructions, and yet some took it upon themselves because they didn't believe. They didn't have faith that their God who rescued them, who rescued them, out of Egypt, was going to provide for them sufficiently. How many of us do that in our own lives? How many of us do that in our own lives? We take matters into our own hands when we don't feel like, we don't think that either God is doing enough or doing it right. Does that describe you? How many times have you asked God for help in an area of your life? Maybe uh, a struggle you're having or perhaps a major decision you're trying to, to make and you've prayed about it and you, you've sought counsel from others, other brothers and sisters in the Lord that you trust to give you wise counsel. And the answer you're hearing from God is wait. Or be patient. Or, or maybe not yet, or, or even the answer could be no. And you're just not happy with that answer. You're just not happy with that answer, so you take it upon yourself now to do what you want. And as a result, you wind up paying for an unwise decision. Sometimes God's answer is do this or do that and we wind up doing the opposite. Is that ignorance or rebellion? Perhaps a bit of both. Certainly isn't wisdom. And some may say, well, well, God is sovereign, right? His perfect plan for me will not be thwarted no matter how bad I mess things up, right? Right? Well, have you ever thought that maybe maybe God's perfect plan for you includes paying for the consequences of your bad decisions? Maybe it's to spend time in jail or pay a fine for your unwise decisions. Maybe the consequences are a loss of trust with someone you love or an embarrassing situation, all because you made poor choices. Now, if you're thinking, well, God is a good and loving God, and He won't allow anything bad to happen to me, then your thinking is only partially right. Yes, God is good and, and loving. And as a good and loving Father, there are times He has to discipline us. There are times when He has to provide a correction. Sometimes He may even let us fall. So we can learn from our mistakes and see that he is there to to pick us up. One more point I'll make on this and then I'll move on. Are are you saying, pastor, that I can spend the money I make each day and not have to save for a rainy day because God will provide? (laughs) No, no. Uh, Be careful not to twist God's word. God's Word also says in Romans 13.8, Owe no one anything. Some translations say it this way, be indebted to no one. So it would be wise to save a portion of what you make for things like unexpected debt or or large purchases so that you alleviate the burden of a large debt. This, This is wisdom. God is not telling you, Work hard and spend all that you get before the day is up because tomorrow is another day. The people were complaining that they had nothing to eat and that they were hungry and so God said, I hear you and I'm going to provide for you. This is the way I'm going to provide but you're going to need to work and you're going to need to trust in me. And he provided For 40 years he provided. 40 years. Verse 35 of chapter 16 says this The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Now, 40 years. Think about that. That's that's 14,600 days that God provided. That's a lot of days. If you want to do the math, that's 365 days times 40 years, plus, what, 10 days for leap years? That's a lot of days. 40 years he provided until they reached the place that God, that God had for them. You see, that's, that's sovereign provision. 40 years is a long, long time. 40 years in the wilderness. The same wilderness where they had been only two months when they started to complain because there was no food. The same dry, barren wilderness is where God provided for them daily for 40 years. 40 years of going out and collecting for six days and resting on the seventh. And having enough, no one lacked, no one had too much. Having enough provision that no one went hungry. No one ever complained again about being led into the wilderness to go hungry because they saw and they witnessed the sovereign hand of God providing for them daily. God provides. God provides. Point number one. Point number two, God provides for us each day sufficient grace, daily grace. God provided for the people of Israel sufficient grace each and every day, daily grace, until he brought them into the place he had set for them. For 40 years he provided for them. And his provision was sufficient, and it was daily. Nobody went hungry. Nobody starved. Nobody went without. They were all provided for sufficiently. This is how God cares for his people, by providing for them sufficiently we tend to interrupt that provision by trying to do it on our own instead of relying on Him, instead of, instead of trusting in Him to provide for us while at the same time we do our part. Doing our part in conjunction, in conjunction with His provision, not apart from it, not apart from it or not instead of it, but rather in conjunction with, in in communion with, together with, right, working along with his provision. That's what he had his people do for 40 years. He provided and they did their part by gathering. God provides for us each day for as long as it takes until he brings us to the place that he has set for us. Where is that place? It says in 1 Peter 1.4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. A wonderful place. God's provision comes in various ways. It's called grace. It's called grace. I read this quote several weeks ago in my sermon on sufficient grace from John Blanchard's book, Truth for Life, a devotional commentary on the epistles of James. And and I think it's still appropriate. It's appropriate here in this context as well. I'm going to read it again. The text is, So he, God, supplies perfectly measured, that's the sufficient, perfectly measured grace to meet the needs of the godly. For daily needs, there is daily grace. For sudden needs, there is sudden grace. For overwhelming need, there's overwhelming grace. God's grace is given wonderfully, but not wastefully, freely, but not foolishly, bountifully, but not blindly. You see, God met Israel's daily need, daily grace. He fed them daily. He he met their sudden need, sudden grace. Uh, They were starving. And he met their overwhelming need, overwhelming grace. He provided for all of them for 40 years. Just like he meets our needs today sufficiently, daily, when we're in sudden need or when we're in overwhelming need, God provides. God provides. I want to share with you an illustration Some have heard about how Laura has gotten her car. If you haven't heard, I'm going to share that illustration. I asked Laura if she would mind if I shared this story. I heard it from Dinah. So I heard it secondhand, so I don't know all the details, but the details really don't matter in this case. Uh, But when I asked her, this this was her response. She said, yes. And then she says, I quote, it is his incredible kindness. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for that. I, I'm, I'm freshly reminded of how to take something that God has done in our lives and honored him with, for it. She was honoring him by saying, it is his incredible kindness. She's reminding me that it wasn't her. It, it was God that was providing for her through this. And so I, I was so freshly uh, refreshed when I, when, I, when I read that. I just wanted to say thank you for that. But here's, here's the story. She, she and Seth had gone for some time without a car. And Seth was having to take the bus to go to uh, the dentist. Now, the, dentist, the, the receptionist at the dentist found out that they were without a car. So she took it upon herself to contact Laura. And she told Laura, she said, you know, I have this, this car body shop that um, I think once a year they give away a uh, one of their loaner cars and they do this raffle this drawing or whatever she says do you mind if i put your name in is that is if, if i nominate you as, as somebody to get the car of course laura said sure absolutely go ahead <laughs> you know well, the owner called laura and said hey you got to come down we're going to have this drawing i don't know if they had the drawing already and they picked her name and they were just c- having her to come down or if they were going to do that drawing that day. But th- that doesn't matter. What they, what they wound up doing is when she got there, they, they handed her the keys to this very nice car. Now, the guy said, you know, technically, by law, you have to pay me for that car. And so he reaches in his pocket and he, he drops a dollar on the ground. And he says, oh, look, you dropped a dollar. Why don't why don't I take this as payment and we'll call it even. <laughs> isn't that isn't that amazing? Isn't that God that's that's God's provision. He took somebody who wasn't related to them, didn't know about their situation until just that that week or something and somebody who knew about this car place that gives away a car. <laughs> you know? That's that's God orchestrating this because he wanted her to have this car. Now, it didn't matter if there was one name in the basket or 50,000 names in the basket. She was getting this car. That is God's provision. Amen. That is God's provision. And the story doesn't end there. I found out about the story because she called Dinah uh, to ask for a favor, to ask for help. She was stranded at a Walgreens because her car had been overheating, and she didn't want to drive it anymore because she was afraid of ruining it. Ruining it. So she asked Donna, can you come pick me up and take me home? And Diane says, yeah, sure. And she says, oh, by the way, I'm feeling much better, so uh, I can take you back and forth to work if you'd like for the next day or so. And sure, okay, great. So the next day they, they go and they, they, um, they meet somebody at the at the, uh, the car uh, to tow truck to to take it to Steve's place, Steve takes a look at the car, says, oh, yeah, it's the radiator, there's a part broken, I'll fix it, no no big deal, okay, then Steve takes the keys back to Laura, right, now, as good as Steve is, he still hasn't learned how to drive two cars at one time, so, (laughs) so he had to, he took the keys to Laura, and at Laura's place, in her complex, there was a friend that said, you know what? I work real close to Steve's place. Why don't I take you in the morning to go get your car? (gasps) Yeah, great. So bingo, bango. She now has her car back and she's able to, to drive around. And again, God's loving kindness, God's provision in providing and orchestrating all these different people to help and bless her. And what does she say? It is His incredible kindness. Praise God. You see, God provides for his people in so many ways. If we take a moment to look at our own lives, we'll see his provision. We'll see his grace played out daily, suddenly, and overwhelmingly. But oftentimes, his provision requires us to do our part, to do something, some gathering, to do some work. Now, if you're feeling convicted because perhaps you're not doing your part, or maybe you're trying to do it on your own, listen, listen. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. There's grace for your lack of doing. but, But don't take advantage of God's loving kindness. I would encourage you to ask him, what can I do, Lord? What is my part? Then get to work. Be thankful for those who serve. Pray for those who serve. God provides for his people sufficiently and daily. This this daily dependence on God's provision points to another time that God's people will receive bread from, from heaven you know what is being foretold here? Let's look at John 6, verses 31 through 35. God's Word says this, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Clearly they didn't understand yet. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Point number three. God provides for us His Son and the Holy Spirit, our sufficient grace and our daily grace. God sent His beloved Son. Why? Because He knew what it was going to take to provide restoration between Him and His people. It was going to take His sufficient grace. John 3, 16 and 17 say this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God sent manna from heaven to sustain his people so they wouldn't go hungry. He provided until He brought them to the place that he had for them. God sent Jesus from heaven, the bread of life, so that we would have life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Sufficient grace. Sufficient grace. And he's he's our sufficient grace. God's God said, my grace is sufficient for you in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And it is, especially when his grace is required for salvation through Jesus Christ. Who sacrificed his life so that we would have life. The work that he did on the cross was completely sufficient. Do you see the corollary here? God provided and Jesus gathered. God provided and Jesus gathered. Jesus did the work in conjunction with God's provision, the bread of life. God provided the manna from heaven, the bread to sustain his people. The people gathered. They did the work in conjunction with God's provision so they would not go hungry. God provided the bread from, of life from heaven, Jesus, who saves. And Jesus gathered. He did the work in conjunction with God's provision so that his people would have eternal life. Life everlasting in the place that God has set for us. Jesus is God's sufficient grace for us. Our sufficient grace. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. There's also daily grace. And we get this through the Holy Spirit. Just like God provided for his people daily, God provides for us daily through the Holy Spirit, through the work of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 and 16 say this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Commandments, This is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you, Forever. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, is in those who have confessed Jesus as their Savior. This Helper, whom the Father has also sent, the Holy Spirit, who is within us, is our daily grace. The Holy Spirit daily guides us, teaches us, keeps us, fills us, and provides for us. He is our daily sustenance. And He is with us forever. He is with us forever. This is the only difference between the daily grace that God provided Israel in the wilderness and the daily grace He provides for us today. God provided for the people of Israel daily for 40 years until they reached the place He had for them. The daily grace He provides for us today through the Holy Spirit will be with us forever. Even after he has brought us to this place that he has for us. Where there will be no more tears. No more suffering. Well, let's, let's read it. In Revelation 21, 3 and 4, it says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling, of God, uh, the, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. God provided for the people of Israel after leading them out of Egypt and into the wilderness by giving them this manna from heaven daily for 40 years until he brought them to a habitable place That he had for them. His grace. His grace was sufficient for them daily. God provides for his people today by sending his son, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, who gave his life that we might have life. Sufficient grace for salvation. God provides for his people daily by sending another helper, the Holy Spirit. Daily grace, a grace that will be with us forever, for all eternity. I hope it wasn't too subtle, but did you see how we went from at the beginning of the sermon about God providing sustenance to the end of the sermon where God is providing everlasting life? You see, God's provision isn't just about food or a car or things that we need It's about providing life, everlasting life through Jesus Christ, the bread of life, a life everlasting with him in heaven for eternity. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for this daily bread that you've given us through your son. the sufficient grace. We thank you for the daily bread that you've given us through the Holy Spirit, Lord, another helper that is there to help us daily and then we'll stay with this forever, Father. Where, when we're in that place that you have set aside for us, where there be no more tears, no more suffering, no more sorrow, a place where you will be our God. You will be with us.